2020 has been a rough year, except for when it comes to gaming. Either way, for better or worse, it's coming to a close, and that means it's time for Middle Age Gaming 2020's Game of the Year episode. Today we'll be discussing some of our favorite 2020 releases, including Desperados 3, My Friend Pedro, Final Fantasy VII Remake, No Man's Sky Origins, Genshin Impact, and Hearthstone Duels. So with that, let the countdown begin for our best of 2020. Hello once again and welcome to the episode of the Middle Age Gaming 2020 Best of 2020. Today we'll be reviewing three of our favorite games released this year, so there may be a bit of rehashing on games that we've previously talked about. But you can't have too much of a good thing, right? Exactly. And with that, Adam, would you like to start us off? Absolutely. What we're going to be doing now is we're going to be talking about our second, third, and fourth place games. And then, and the after the show, we, this is where we will be talking about our official game of the year. So uh, no particular order, but one of the games that I had a lot of fun with this year was Desperados 3. So Desperados 3 is made by Mimi Me Games. They are also the same people that made Shadow Tactics, Blades of the Shogun. So if you have played that one, you're probably really going to enjoy Desperados. And if you've played Desperados, you're probably really going to enjoy Blades of the Shogun. So I would definitely recommend, if you like one, checking out the other. They are published by THQ Nordic, and the game was released in June 2020. So I had actually, oh, and also it's available for PC, Mac, Linux, PlayStation, and Xbox. So there's quite a few places you can pick it up. So I had definitely had my eye on this game for a very long time just because I had played Shadow Tactics and I really enjoyed it. So I was really hoping that they would come out with another game and they came out with this one. Now there is a Desperados 1 and 2, but their gameplay is a little bit different. So this one is basically closer to Shadow Tactics. Uh, It's a stealth game. So basically what you do is you have control of certain characters. There's five in total, but depending on the level, you might only have access to two or three or all of them. It just depends on the level. And as you go through, then you can... Basically, it's kind of like an old Metal Gear Solid, as I've described it before. You have your enemies. You can highlight them. It'll show you their view cones. Their view cones come in two distances, a solid part of the cone and kind of a striped part of the cone. And if you're in the striped part of the cone, they can see you if you're standing and running, but they can't see if you're you if you're crouching in the solid part of the cone. They can see you no matter what. And then, of course, you can hide in things like bushes or hide behind barrels or all these other things. So using this, you basically have to navigate a level, get your way through it, solve some sort of puzzle or, you know, it could be anything from uncover some secret documents that you have to get access to or maybe there's a certain guy that you have to take out but you don't know which guy it is so you have to steal information from different characters uh so things like that and then yeah it's it's really fun it's a it's got a little bit of replayability in that there's usually more than one way to approach a problem usually more than one path you can take through the level not usually more than two, but, you know, sometimes it gives you a little bit of variety there. It also uh, allows, there. Uh, it has bonus levels, so once you've beaten the game, you get some bonus levels, and a lot of those are just really fun. They just don't really take themselves too seriously. Uh, an example is, in one level, you basically have this little rail cart, and on the rail cart, there's a Gatling gun, and basically your objective is to kill everybody in the level, and so you're just pushing this cart along, 
get into a good position, take out everybody in the area, push it into the next position. So that's really fun. There's a level where you get to play as a dog, a chicken, and a cat. And so basically you have the abilities of a dog, a chicken, and a cat, and you have to help a guy out. So that sort of thing. So there's a lot of fun with it. And yeah, I just overall really enjoyed it. The characters have different skills. They all have different uh, abilities. Two of the characters are able to swim. The other ones can't. So if you need to cross water, you need to use those guys. There's bigger enemies that cannot be taken out normally, uh, except for by one character who's the bigger, stronger character. So you're going to need to use him if you need to take out the bigger guys. There's a girl who can be used to distract people, uh, but she can only be used to distract the male enemies, not the female enemies. So yeah, there's a lot of variety into it. A lot of different strategy, multiple ways to compute, uh, complete missions bonus levels and now they're out with their dlc so they've added uh, an extra three bonus levels there through the dlc and on top of that then uh now they've in one of the recent updates they've added a what they call bounty hunter mode where you can do a level and actually choose which characters you want to complete that level so that's kind of an interesting touch too because you can go back and do old things but you can use different characters to solve it rather as opposed to the ones that were originally intended to so, yeah, I would highly, highly recommend this game if you kind of like puzzle games or you like stealth games. And yeah, I would say this one was a, a real great winner for me. Yeah. Nice. I'm looking at the your gameplay. Did you capture this on the PS5 or the PS4? Or? Uh, this was captured on the PS5. So the PS4, as far as I know, can only capture in 720p, but the PS5 can do it in 1920. So I got a much better video out of it doing that. So, yeah, all this is captured on the PS5. Because it looks really, really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it's looks, a lot I of mean, fun. Yeah, I was going to say, it just looks, because I mean, I told you I played Blaze or the Shogun. I never finished it, but this looks much, yeah, I mean, in my perspective, the video looks much better and the colors look much better than Blaze or the Shogun. As far as colors, I, I, I think maybe it's just uh, some of the levels that I chose. Uh, in Blaze of the Shogun, for instance, if you're in a snowy level, then it's mostly just going to be snow. There's not going to be a lot of color. And in this one, it does have a few kind of deserty levels where the colors aren't so bright. But yeah, I would say it, it does look a little more detailed. There's one level in Blades of the Shogun where you have to sneak through the city and then get to the bathhouse. And that one had the bright lights and stuff like that. And this one's more like that one level where there's just a lot more detail to it. Yeah. And they also have challenges for each level. So and some of them you cannot do in one go. So you will have to run the levels a, a few different times. So it does kind of if you really want to complete it, it does kind of push you into, you know, trying out different things and replaying the levels and all that. So very nice. Yeah. Um, I, I know, you know, you're playing Valhalla and we we're just talking about this last night. There's a uh, lots of new and upcoming games that we'd like to try. Do you think you'll ever get back to this game? Oh, absolutely. Uh, when I was doing the video footage for this, because I, I this week I knew that I wanted, I wanted my own footage. I didn't want to have to go through and grab footage online. So I went back and I played it. And when I was playing it, I was just like, oh, man. Because I, I remember that I got the deluxe edition, which was going to have DLC. And I saw that they are they had already gotten the DLC on there. And I was like, oh, no, no, I need to go back and play it. So I'm thinking... Maybe after I finish Valhalla, I'll go through and knock those out real quick, the, the extra missions, and then I'll move on to something else. Because, yeah, this will be a real short, real quick kind of thing. I think it's only three missions for the DLC. So, yeah. Okay. Definitely going to come back to this. Very good. Very, very good. I, I forgot to ask, Adam. Um, what, so you said best of 2020. What? Why did this make the cut? 
Uh, okay, so the way that I rank when I when I consider the best of, I know, for example, some people say like, oh, I, I like the artistic direction or I want something fresh and new. So I know some people will dismiss sequels and that sort of thing just because they're like, oh, it's not something new. I want something, a newer concept. For me, it's just all about gameplay and fun I had with it. And yeah, just kind of a, a memorable experience. And, and is this the kind of game where I'm like, oh, man, if they make a sequel, I'm it's an instant buy. If that's the kind of game that I play it and I'm like, I have to buy a sequel if they come out one sight unseen. That for me is a, a good, memorable, fun game. So for me, I just had a lot of fun with this one. Uh, I do like puzzle games. I do kind of like stealth games. So I just. Yeah, I just had a lot of fun with it and I went back and I completed everything and it wasn't a chore. That was one thing for me is uh, I am a bit of a completionist and sometimes in some games it's just like, oh my God, you know, I feel like I have to do this, but it is kind of a drag because I've already beat the story and, you know, it's just, oh, you know, it's just that one last thing. But in this one, it was definitely a pleasure all the way through it. And when I finished it, it wasn't kind of like, a, oh, good, I'm done. It was definitely a, uh, oh, I wish there was more. So, yeah, that's that's why for me, that was uh, definitely a game of the year. Very, very cool. I'm going to move on to my pick. And my first game, um, I'm going to have to preface this with that I have not played a lot of games in 2020. So the way I went about this is I've chosen games that maybe they were released earlier on other platforms, with the exception of one game. But this year, they were released in some platform for the first time. And the first game is My Frame Pedro. Uh, My Frame Pedro, I played it for the... Um, I saw the trailer. I, I followed the developer. The, it's developed by Dead Toast, uh, published by Devolver Digital, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, it is published this year, April 2nd, 2020, on the PS4. It's on all platforms except for the PS5 and Xbox Series X, um, though they are backwards compatible, of course. My Fan Pedro is a violent ballet about friendship, imagination, and one man's struggle to obliterate anyone in his path at the behest of a sentient banana. And that sounds really crazy, but basically what the game is, is you wake up, it is a 2D side-scrolling shooting game that allows you to do really cool tricks. Um, you can sort of see it in the gameplay trailer over here. And you get to shoot stuff and, and do sort of slow motion, matrix style, bullet time attacks and you've got different guns different levels different ways to do things and it's really really fun really easy going i played it i think at that time i was in my mom's house in south africa and i whenever i go back to south africa i have really really weird sleeping time so i'd wake up at like 4 a.m in the morning and my mom and my young brother would like walk out and go to the bathroom and they'd be like huh you're awake i'm like yep can fall asleep and this is what i would be playing at 4 a.m in the morning on my switch kicking knives into people it's it's a really really fun game and and like adam mentioned like if they came out or with dead toast because there's a single guy who made this game if he came out with a my friend pedro number two i'd guarantee it buy it for the switch this is not the kind of game i would play on a pc or at least without a controller anyway because you need those controls and even with the controller because uh, my hands are like made out of concrete it was really really hard to pull off some of the real like a uh, fine tricks and stuff i must have put about 15 to 20 hours into this and i didn't finish it I, I do know it's not a long game i would say at max 25 
but there are points where it sort of like requires quick reflexes, requires you really to focus and have a good understanding of where your fingers are because you've got the the triggers, you've got the the toggles above the triggers on the switch. I mean, like a regular controller anyway. But really easy going. It's something I think middle-aged gamers would love because you can play one level, stop, put it down, play another level a week later. This can sort of be like your fuller game if you're playing a story game or an adventure game. You're like, man, I really need some action. This is the game for you. So yeah, that's pretty much it. It's available on every platform except mobiles at the moment. And a, a really, really cool game. Not quite for everybody, but it's definitely something I, I feel like the middle-aged gamers would love just for the fact of being busy and needing to play something for 5, 10, 15 minutes. One level doesn't take a long time. At the most, a level will take you, if you're stuck, maybe 20 to 25 minutes. So, yeah. So, so I mean, this is a gameplay footage or this is kind of like uh, an intro footage? This is the, the, the trailer, but the, the, the trailer footage is pretty much how the game actually works. Okay. So is it like a 3D kind of thing or is oh, it no, 2D, 2D or side-scrolling? Okay. The animation looks kind of familiar. Is there? A, is this from like a popular studio, or is it just a coincidence that it just kind of looks familiar? It's. I mean, I would say the guy who did this, he probably got somebody to to do it because yeah, that that's just the animation for the trailer. The actual gameplay, I should have got. I couldn't find like good gameplay footage, but the gameplay looks very much in in, in the sort of the same style as uh, Abe's Odyssey. If you're familiar with that, okay. Yeah. So it's a it's kind of like that two point five D kind of thing. Yes, exactly, exactly. Because I mean, you do move in in sort of twist your body in, in like a two point five D way, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so it's not like a fully animated kind of like a Shantae or something. No, no, no. I mean, if they did this in three D, I I wouldn't like it because it's this feels very familiar or very. It feels like it it works best in three two uh, D. Okay, but I'm saying it's not like a like a Shantae or something like that where it's like fully animated, hand drawn. It's oh no 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 okay. no no. It, it, it's it's very much computer animated. Like I said, Abe's Odyssey is the best sort of animation style I can think about it. Okay, oh, now it's close to resembling. Okay, so from the trailer, it looks like it's a pretty fast paced game. Would you say this is kind of like a a fast kind of twitchy game, or is there? No 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 no. Okay. Um, I would say it, it looks like that, but it's what it is. Because I mean, you start off the level, you're not. When you start off, though, you're not under pressure to like, oh my god, I need to do this, I need to kill this guy. You start off the level in a neutral place, but you get to see where all the enemies are. Oh, okay. And the fast, twitchy stuff comes to how you want to engage the enemies. It's like, do you kick the frying pan and hit the guy's face and shoot this guy first and shoot that guy first? And uh, when do you spin? Because you do spin to dodge bullets. And when do you spin? And when do you slow down time? And how do you spread? Because you can control your arms independently. Oh. So you have to control each arm with uh, each trigger and it becomes a, 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 the difficult part that I, this is one of the things, no game of the year is perfect. The difficult part for me was the balance of saying, okay, how do I engage five enemies, six enemies, seven enemies, and who do I kill first? How do I manipulate the controls to do this effectively? Okay. Yeah. It's a shame you don't have gameplay uh, footage because yeah, it seems like the controls might be kind of complex then. Hey. Is someone who's familiar with the gamepad would be fine. For me, this was probably the third or fourth game I played on the Switch, and it was uh, hella difficult. I mean, controllers are still hella difficult for me. So is it kind of like a twin-stick shooter in a way with the 
each arm independently or yes yes exactly i mean without the again the need for the endless swarm of enemies or feeling the pressure to continuously move around it's another podcast they uh gamers of jobs they did it really they phrased it really they said it's what it is is a shooting puzzle game okay that's interesting because you start off the game and you're like okay this is the enemies this is what i need to do in the environment this is how i want to approach the level and you have health as well so you can die and i have died a few times <laughs> only a few only a few exactly <laughs> okay yeah it does sounds like a lot of fun i might have to check this one out it is it's definitely a game i would recommend getting on a sale it's it's pretty pretty awesome. I, I think you'd like it. Yeah, I also really like games that are made by independent developers. You know, it's just kind of the supporting those small time guys and whatnot. Uh, would how long would you say it is about? It is about oh, twenty five hours. Twenty five hours because oh, I, okay. I did look it up when I first started playing it. I was in my mom's was like, okay, uh, this is going on and on. I'm like, oh, I'm almost at the end. Was it was it this, I'm almost at the end, or was it like, I feel like I'm almost at the end, and then nope, 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 there's quite a bit more, and then oh, now I'm at the end, and then there's more. So I was about 18, 19 hours, and then uh, I looked it up, I'm like, oh, I'm almost at the By that time, my holiday was over, I had to come back to Taiwan and go back to work. Ah, uh, okay. All right, well, with that, I will move on to my next game, which is Final Fantasy VII Remake, uh, which I absolutely love Final Fantasy VII, so I will be entirely honest here. This is probably a bit biased. So, <laughs> but uh, it was developed by Square Enix. It was developed on, or it was released on March 2nd. It was supposed to be, or at least it was supposed to be. I remember it was released much later than it was originally supposed to be. It was delayed a couple times. It's currently on PS4. It will be coming to the Xbox, or no, it will be coming to PC. I don't know if there's news on Xbox. I think it's coming to the Xbox, but it'll be coming a year late. So it will be 2021 when it comes out on PC and Xbox. Oh yeah, it is coming out on Xbox. Okay. So... Uh, this game is a remake of the original Final Fantasy VII, but it is also, in a sense, a reimagining. So without giving too many spoilers, basically what happens is if you are keeping up with the original Final Fantasy VII compilation, which was Final Fantasy VII, Final Fantasy VII Dirge of Cerberus, uh, Crisis Core, Advent Children, and the mobile game, which I can't remember the name of at the moment... Then basically what's happened is in this version of Final Fantasy VII, the main enemy, Sephiroth, has screwed up with time or whatever, and events are occurring in the same order that they were originally going to occur, but sometimes decisions that people are making are not going quite down the same way they were supposed to. And so because of that, then these mysterious figures called the Watchmen of Fate or whatever, show up and basically they want to push the game into its original course. So for the most part, it's going to follow Final Fantasy VII. You're not going to notice too many major differences. It might just be something like uh, one character normally is, uh, was supposed to be in this fight. Something happened to that character where they're not going to be there. And then these things show up and basically make it happen the way that it originally happened in the original. So that was a bit of a spoiler, but I'm not going to go any further into that to tell you what's going on, what's going to be changed and that sort of thing. But for the most part, the story is 
the same. It only covers the Midgar arc of the original game, which if you're pretty fast, I think you could have completed it in about two hours or so. So here it's definitely padding that out significantly more. It's exploring new characters. There are older returning characters like Big Wedge and Jesse who are going to get a lot more screen time and a lot more character development than they had in the original There are new characters that are, if you actually read some of the extra material from the compilation, like some of the short stories and stuff like that, some of them I think were only released in Japanese, but there are some fan translations out there. Characters who appear in those show up here, so it does add a little bit of uh, that and whatnot. But yeah, so it's really just going to flesh out the Midgar arc significantly more. And the other big thing is they have moved away from the active time combat or active time battle, the ATB of the original. And the combat now is you have all your characters, you fight using the square button. So if you press it, they'll do a certain attack. If you hold it down, they'll do a different attack. They all have their own special abilities. For instance, Cloud's ability is that he can uh, switch between two different sword stances so he can switch between a defensive one and an offensive one. Barrett can kind of charge up to do a a bigger attack. Tifa can basically charge up her attack and unleash these larger attacks. Eris can do... I don't remember what she does off the top of my head. (laughs) But, uh, But yeah, so everybody has these special abilities now that they can do. They also have individual abilities, which are usually tied to their weapons. So now, whereas in the original Final Fantasy VII, everybody kind of played the same. It was just what material you equipped on them. Now they're all going to play quite differently. And of course, they still have materia. So you can put materia on your weapons and on your accessories. And then that's how you get access to magic and summons and uh, other special abilities and whatnot. So what you do is you will fight. And as you fight, is you if you take damage... If you do damage and just slowly over time, your bars will grow. And when you hit a certain point, you'll get one full charge and you can expend charges to use your special abilities and stuff like that. So on the one hand, that was really, really cool. And it was kind of an interesting way to do combat. On the other hand, sometimes it could get really, really tedious because there might be a situation where you want to heal a character and you have to wait until your bar is charged before you can use an item. If it were up to me, I would have put items would be anytime use and things like magic and stuff like that would have been on this bar. But as it is, everything's on the bar. So sometimes there are are times where it can get a little bit crazy where you're like, oh no, I'm just running around in the circle waiting for this bar to charge before I can do anything because I don't want to engage the enemy because that could get me killed. So, But yeah, I mean, overall, if you've played the original Final Fantasy VII and you loved it, you're going to probably get some big nostalgia hits here i don't know if you might enjoy it because the combat is very different so i know that some of the fan base was a bit divided on that Uh, obviously they are making some changes they are mostly fairly subtle but there are a few changes and i think uh, some of the fan base was a little bit not too fond of that as well but overall it's a pretty solid game it's a lot of fun uh, I would recommend this for people who are Final Fantasy VII fans who want to, you know, just get more Final Fantasy VII or people that have never played a Final Fantasy before uh, and just always wanted to try it. So I think we talked about that last time where uh, I was talking about Final Fantasy and you were saying that uh, I think you were asking about Final Fantasy XV, if that would be a good one to get into. Uh, that would be an OK one to get into. I would definitely recommend this one, though, just because Final Fantasy VII is 
the if not is one of if not the biggest Final Fantasy in terms of being out there and people being aware of it and knowing what it is. So uh, this would definitely give you a sense of kind of the Final Fantasy history and whatnot. So I would highly recommend this for also new people that have wanted to play a Final Fantasy but haven't quite gotten around to getting into one yet. So of course I got to ask the, this question: Why did this beat out some of the other games you played this year? Well, most of the games I played this year were actually from last year, so I didn't have a super long list of games that were released in 2020 because I am kind of working through the backlog. So in that sense, I didn't have too many games to choose from anyway. But this one, I mean, like I said, I, I'm a bit biased. So, you know, Final Fantasy VII is one of my favorite games of all time. So, of course, this would be a game of the year for me. Okay, cool. uh, Just because of the nostalgia, nostalgia hits there. But uh, also just because... It actually is pretty solid of a game. It's it's really interesting. A lot of games now are kind of more open world. And because of that, the story can sometimes be a bit disjointed. That was one of the things I was talking about with Final Fantasy 15 was that you have this open world. And I mean, you know, the apocalypse is slowly upon you. But oh, hey, let's go look for frogs for this one doctor lady, right? So it so they can be kind of disjointed like that and and it can kind of interrupt that sense of urgency that you have because you know you can't just go off the beaten path. You know Skyrim's kind of the same thing, right? Exactly. You know, it's it you know at any time unless you're basically in the final dungeon, you can just kind of wander off and just say, "Ah, eh, whatever, let's the apocalypse will wait for me. I don't have to, you know, I don't have to force my way through it." So but in this one, it was really interesting because the way they do the game is they do it in chapters. And so each chapter has its own map. And some chapters will be in the same locations. But because they do chapters, the pacing is actually really, really good. Because side quests are regulated to the chapters that they belong to. So you have to complete that side quest within that specific chapter. So some chapters are slower because you know at that point in time there's not too much going on and characters have a a bit of time to kind of walk around and do whatever and some story development and other chapters are really really fast paced and and in those ones you're not going to have side quests so because of that it doesn't interrupt the the flow of the game the flow of the game is, is done very very well once you've beaten the game you can go back and play any chapter that you want which, if I remember correctly, in Final Fantasy 15, you could kind of do the same thing where you could go into specific chapters. But here it works out really, really well because, yeah, you can just kind of go specifically to which part of the story, which was really helpful for me, too, when I was making my videos, was I could just go to a specific chapter and just run that. And I didn't have to run through the whole game and just pick up a few things. So, yeah, the pacing is really, really good. And, and given how, like I said, we have a lot of games now that are really open world and you can kind of go everywhere. This one had a very tight direction and it really helped drive the narrative forward in a really good and not disjointed way. So I love that description. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't have any questions because, I mean, we have talked about this. This will be the, the second time. So yeah. um, this is good to, I mean, good to know why you chose it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I really, I mean, I've always loved the characters, but having those characters now, giving them kind of abilities that flesh them out a little bit more in terms of their, not just their character, but like their fighting style and that sort of thing. So like, for instance, uh, Cloud is a really heavy hitter. He's got this huge sword. It's super heavy. Um, he hits hard and he's got his two stances. One's kind of more defensive and one's more aggressive. You know, it kind of really fits his uh, soldier persona. And then you have uh, Barrett, who's 
you know, he, he's a ranged guy. He has to sit in the back, but, you know, he, he bombards enemies from afar. You have Tifa, who's just a martial artist. So she's just really, really quick, super fast, builds up her ATB really quickly. So she's really good for if you're trying to, you know, she, she kind of works well as a, as a lighter fighter because she doesn't do as much damage, but she can build up her ATB really quickly. So you can put some heals on her and stuff like that and kind of use her as kind of a mix between a fighter and a support. And, you know, Eris is just full on support. So the way they have the characters kind of fit their niche works really, really well with their personalities and everything. So nice. Yeah. Okay. Moving on to my second choice. My second choice is a game we have already talked about. It is No Man's Sky Origins. We're just playing No Man's Sky because Origins is just an expansion. So I chose this because this has come out to the PS5 and the Xbox Series X when the consoles were released. Of course, with various, you know, improvements and textures and colors and, you know, making good use of HDR if you do have an HDR capable TV. Uh, HDR, for those who don't know, is a high dynamic range, just makes everything pop more. So what No Man's Sky is, if you've never played it, if you've heard of it, and you just heard the initial bad press when it first came out, it was a procedurally generated Star Trek, for lack of a better word. But when it first came out, it did not live up to the expectations. It looked kind of bad. But even then, I mean, I played it when it first came out. I liked it. It was fun. It was a game about survival. It was released by Hello Games. It was released years ago, four or five years ago. And basically, it's a game where you can do anything and be anything you want to be. You can be a trader. You can be a, a starship captain. You can go exploring and find really cool and interesting stuff. You can be a universal, like like somebody who explores. I really enjoyed that when I played the game. I'd go around to different planets and catalog species and feel like a like a xenobiologist but it's it's so many things to do and it's definitely a game now that looks absolutely beautiful will make good use of your new consoles and definitely something that you should think about picking up if you're into space if you're into exploration if you're into survival games the survival part is not such a big deal anymore but definitely really cool really a game that has so much gameplay my younger brother played it most recently and he loved it it's it's definitely a game also very relaxing as well because once you get to a planet you can just spend hours and hours exploring like okay i'm done let's see where's the next planet in the solar system okay no let's go to another solar system let's go to another galaxy lots of choice lots of things to do and and i mean when you get bored being a xenobiologist you get to be a Freddy Captain. We get bored being a Freddy Captain. You get to become a captain of industry. When you get bored doing that, you get to become a space pirate. Whatever you want to do, just go ahead and do it. And finally, you get to play with friends as well, which is what I'd love to do this with. But uh, this is, will be on my brothers and I list of long list of things to do. Or once once Ed and Ryan make it big, making YouTube videos, we'll be able to play stuff like this together during the week yeah so what do you think adam any questions because we have talked about this before yeah and i have it on the ps5 now i haven't played the origins of uh, i guess ps2 now but uh, apparently this is one of the few games that has a ps5 version of it released right now so uh when i was looking through the list of games that i had i, I noticed that uh i this is one of the ones that if you have it on ps4 if you do get a ps5 you get you can get the free upgrade to it so nice. uh yeah no, I, I definitely, I don't think they have cross-play currently. 
hopefully they do add that at some point. And then, of course, you can just pick it up on PC and we can still play together. I don't have to get another version of it, which would be nice for me. But yeah, I, I had it on release and it was kind of bare bones. And looking at what they've done now, this is one of the, um, in my opinion, kind of real great stories in gaming i mean if you look at right now cyberpunk is out and cg project red is being run through the mincer on how not ready that game was true to the point where they are now offering refunds to anybody who wants it and and my the example i always go back to is uh bioware with uh what was it? Andromeda. Andromeda, right. And then later on with uh, Anthem, where you know they, they had it and then it didn't do well and they just completely abandoned it. And they're like, whatever, it's gone, right? Now they've announced that there's going to be a new Mass Effect game, but it looks like they're going back to the original, kind of an expanded you know, expansion of the end of the original trilogy or something. So they just completely up and abandoned Andromeda. And, it, and it, I think a lot of big kind of companies now... They don't really, you know, if something's not successful, they're like, they just move on. And Hello Games, I think, has just really, really, really turned this around. So I think they deserve a lot of credit for just sticking with it and really being like, okay, you know what? We didn't give you guys what we promised, but we're going to give you what we promised. So, yeah, I definitely think that it's it's a really great thing. Although I will say that it is quite daunting. I went back after the... Um, I don't remember which update it was. I think it was the second one. Was it Leviathan or something? The one where it was the water one? It was not Leviathan. I don't, because I mean, I played it originally and then I never went back after the updates. That's on my, my backlog of things to do. Yeah, I went back after, I think it was the second update and there was a lot that had, because that, 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 that point they had base building and whatnot. And it was a bit daunting. I mean, I ended up getting a freighter, but I was kind of like, okay, what do I do with this? So it is definitely a game that if you're kind of a casual gamer, I wouldn't really recommend it just because there are a lot of things that aren't quite clear from the beginning. So it does take a, it does take a good bit of time to get used to it and figure out what's going on and figure out the space building and figuring out, you know, how do you do mining? What do you need to mine? That sort of thing. So this is definitely the kind of game where you're going to have to pay attention and spend some time actually learning the mechanics of it. It's not going to be a pick up and play beyond, okay, I can fly my ship and I can get more fuel for my ship. Well, the original one was really much, was very much that. But this now, yeah, if you really want to get into some of these really cool features, you do actually kind of have to learn. There's a bit of a learning curve to it. So Totally, totally. Now, I... Um, I, I agree. I, I still think it's very, very doable. Oh, absolutely. Because um, in, in the beginning, it does start you out with, you know, um, I've heard the most, I mean, the most recent update, Origins, uh, does explain everything to you in a, you do have a choice when you start as, if you do want to learn, you can learn, but you can do a lengthy tutorial. I think it's somewhere around, caps out about three hours to explain all the new systems in the game oh fantastic because yeah that was one thing that when i went back in i was kind of like okay i remember how to navigate i remember how to fly but then i was like i'm going to do some base building or i got a uh a freight i actually got a freighter and then it was like okay now you need to install this science module and that science module and i was like okay but what do they do <laughs> like why, <laughs> why do i need these so it's good that they kind of gave you more of a tutorial thing and that might be one of the things too is it might have been a, a case of if you're a new player they might walk you through it, whereas with an old player who's already kind of established, it might just assume that you're already past that tutorial phase, so they don't really walk you through it. 
So maybe if I started a new game, it would be different. Totally, totally. I mean, I mean, yes, exactly. Okay, and and let's move on to your last game. Okay, so my last game is Genshin Impact. Not fan of that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> now I actually didn't. Yeah, Final Fantasy. It's still Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, that, that, that game's never going to go away. No, uh, it's, <laughs> it's going to be Genshin Impact. And now I didn't play that much Genshin Impact. I basically played uh, when it first came out because I am a sucker for timed events, and there was a deal at the very beginning that if you got to Adventure Rank Twenty. That you could get an un, uh, you could get a free character, and I was like, you know what, I'm gonna get that free character, and I did. But anyway, this is released by MiHoYo. It was released on September 28th, 2020. It's available on PC, mobile, and PS4. But of course, you can also get it on PS5. They did say that they are going to upgrade it, create a PS5 specific version later, but it's not available right now. It is very Breath of the Wild-esque in the both aesthetic and exploration. However, gameplay loop is a little bit different because you, instead of having just Link with all of his abilities and breakable weapons and all that, you have different characters and each character has a different element and, and is kind of useful for different things. And it really builds the elements. They're done in a really interesting way. Pokemon and a lot of games just kind of usually do the strengths and weaknesses. You know, fire is good against ice. Ice is good against water. Water is good against fire. You know, they have some sort of uh, cycle going on there. But here they really blend the they really blend the elements together really, really well. For instance, uh, fire will add damage over time by lighting something on fire. If you hit fire with water, it'll or sorry, if you hit fire with air, It'll basically cause the fire to grow. And if it if the ground's on fire, it'll create a larger kind of area of fire, but it'll feed the flames. So it'll do extra damage if you hit a, a burning character with wind. If you hit them with water, it'll cause evaporate, which will take away the fire, but do extra damage. If you hit them with electricity, it'll do an overload attack, which will do a little bit of extra damage. If you hit an enemy with water, it makes them wet. If you hit them with ice, it'll freeze them. So the elements really bounce off each other really, really well. And that's kind of an interesting thing because you can build your team. You get a team of four characters. And depending on how you or which elements you, you put together, there is kind of some thought put into that. And not only which elements do you put together, but which characters do you put together? For instance, some of the characters might be more ranged and some of the characters are more short ranged and some of them are healers and some of them are support. And they all kind of so, you know, you can build kind of your own dream team. However, getting that dream team can be a bit of a chore because this game is kind of a bit of a cash grab. It has it's a gotcha game. So basically what you do is you expend wishes and your wishes will uh, randomly unlock characters or items. And because of that, there's no consistency in what you're going to unlock. And when the game first came out, this is something I said was I was very impressed that people were giving this a pass because just last year or the year before we had this huge loot box, you know, fiasco uprising, whatever you want to call it here in the West and in the East, those sort of things are still quite common to have these kind of loot boxes or these, uh, you know, microtransactions. But in the West, this is not popular and we totally did away with it. And this game came out and everyone's like, Oh, this is such a great game. It's so wonderful. It's free. Who cares? But now we're starting to see the the player base is starting to turn. I've heard uh, news recently that they said MiHoYo's income from this game has dropped dramatically since the initial release, where people, when it first came out, were 
spending money on the game. And then they realize that some of the drop rates in this game are actually some of the lowest you'll find in any game. I think they said that uh, the chance of getting a five star hero is something like 0.6% or something like that. So, you know, in theory, you would have to they do a, a pity roll. So if you roll 100 times, they'll give you a, a free five star character, basically. But, you know, at 0.6%, you're only getting a five star every 200. So basically, you have to roll 100 times just to get on average that five star character. And given that there are five or six five star characters, there's not a good chance that you're going to get the one you want. So because of that, it, it's it's kind of turning people against it. And I guess the the profits have dropped dramatically. So now they might end up having to change some of those in the future. But but yeah, the reason that I really chose this now when I played it, I had a little bit of fun with it. It was OK. It wasn't a super great game. I definitely had issues with it. The biggest one being that the controls were not intuitive. Basically, every game that I've played attack is on square it's on Square for Final Fantasy VII. It's on Square for Ghost of Tsushima. It's on Square for pretty much most games, with the exception of a few games, which will put the attack buttons on the R1 and R2, which will put them on the trigger buttons so that you can keep your thumb on the stick at the same time. But this one, for some odd reason, put your attack on circle. And I have no idea why it did that. Uh, it's, it was a really weird decision. But now with the patch, they've added the ability to customize your controls. So that's uh, definitely boosted it up. But the real reason I chose this for Game of the Year was just because of, no pun intended, the impact that it made when it did drop. Uh, a lot of people were all over it. It was super popular. It's still quite popular. If you look at a lot of um, gaming forums or, or you know things like that, that'll rank games by how active their forums are. It's still a pretty active uh, community on there and stuff like that. So I definitely think that this game deserves to be at least recognized as a contender for game of the year. No, no, I, I would totally agree with that. So, I mean, it, it shows as of a month ago, Genshin Impact has 1.5 million players on PS4. There you go. And it, it, I mean, it makes sense. Cause I mean, looking at this, I've, I've seen the trailer, but looking at your gameplay footage, it just looks absolutely gorgeous. And uh, you make a good point that, and I think this game itself makes a good point. I'm not only this game, but I mean this most recently that you can make triple A free to play games. Oh, absolutely. And yeah, the microtransactions are a bit of a pain. I it, it, personally, for me, if they had made it that if they had gone kind of more of a League of Legends route where you can earn things in game slowly, but you can pay for things, but you can buy what you want. I think that that would have maybe gotten slightly better reception. But I think they definitely went with that model that they did because they have, you know, the five star characters are significantly more powerful than or at least noticeably more powerful than the four stars. So there is that kind of like, oh, I want that one character. And of course, if they wanted to go kind of a League of Legends route, they kind of have to make every character equally viable. So this kind of gave them the advantage if they want to have a little more fun and create a slightly stronger character, they can go ahead and do that and whatnot. But yeah, I really do hope they change drop rates and stuff like that because I'm Definitely not the kind of person who drops money on these sort of things. But the fact that it went free to play and in their defense, actually, if you're just playing through the game, just the, the, the story, you can do that with any character. You, you don't need the stronger characters to be able to get through the game. The stronger characters are only for the end, uh, the end game content, the, 
the extra dungeons and that sort of thing. So if you really want to get kind of more competitive and do kind of these, uh, the ranked dungeons and whatnot, that's when you're really going to start needing these stronger characters. Just to beat the game itself, if you just want to play a game and you just want the story and you just want to play it like a single player game, like a Breath of the Wild kind of thing, you could actually do that with just the characters that they give you in game. So yeah, if you're if you're not looking for super competitive and you're not the kind of person that's like, oh, I absolutely want this character, then definitely I would say pick it up, give it a go, check it out. And it's free. You have nothing to lose. So Exactly. Totally. This is be something else I'd like to play if I ever get a chance at some point. Yeah. Okay. And let's round it off with my last game. Okay. My last game is Hearthstone Duels, which is a new mode for a game that's been out for at least five years. Um, I am a big Hearthstone fan. If you don't know what Hearthstone is, it is a collectible card game, very much in the vein of Magic, in the vein of Legends of Runeterra. Jeez, there have been so many games since Hearthstone came out that have come and passed by. Uh, This game is still around. I mean, it is backed by Activision Blizzard. I love this game and why I think it deserves to be uh, the best of 2020. The Hearthstone team has done really, really well, releasing lots of cool expansions, especially the end of 2019 going into 2020. Every expansion this year, introducing new mechanics, new things you can do, uh, making the game more fun, more interesting. And despite the hardcore players be like, oh my God, this is terrible because there are loads of mechanics in the game that allow you to catch up. So if you're like really struggling against somebody and you get to play this one particular card, that card can actually help you catch up. And it's it's fun. It's not like if you're playing a regular game like Magic, you're like, oh my God, I'm just totally outclassed by this guy. In Hearthstone, there are catch-up cards or catch-up mechanics. And uh, that's why I love it. But today, the thing I'm talking about is after years is Hearthstone introduced a new game mode. It's called Hearthstone Duels. So it allows for even more crazier things and different heroes and different hero powers and treasures and really, really zany things. And this mode is so much more fun than Arena that, I mean, I don't think I'll ever play Arena again. So what it is, is uh, you get a selection of four heroes. You choose a hero, you choose a treasure, and a treasure has some like a really zany effects. Like uh, one is to activate a death rattle. A death rattle is some cards that be like, okay, when it dies, it will do something, which is what a death rattle is. And you have a hero power that allows you to just activate the death rattle, even though the card has not died, which doesn't exist in the regular Hearthstone game. But in duels, it does. So you get some really, really cool combinations. And basically, you play up to 12 games. And when you win 12 games, you get huge amounts of gold and cards and card packs. And it's just really fun, really lots of different combinations and things. And it is, to me, something that that I think sets Hearthstone apart. It makes it definitely the most accessible card game um, in terms of difficulty. Now... Of course, like I said before, with my game number one, no game is perfect. There are things with monetization going on. There's a lot of rumors about the the new reward system and about the amount of gold you get and what you can actually do as a free-to-play player. But as a middle-aged gamer, if you played Hearthstone before, now there's no better time to get back into it. Duels is absolutely fun. You've got two versions of duels. You've got the casual. You don't need to pay money. Uh, You don't get any rewards, but you just get to enjoy the fun part about it. And you get to play one game, stop, play another game tomorrow, and you can play your random like, okay. And then after six games, you're like, okay, 
I'm not going to be able to beat my next opponent. I can give up and you can draft a new deck and new cards and stuff. And this game is about drafting uh, as well, but you, you can uh, use, it uses old cards, not the new cards. So if you have old cards, this is what it's going to use. Yeah, uh, this is, I played this on stream and people like it. And it's really when it was released, it was the hot thing in Hearthstone and lots of streamers are still playing it now. All right. Yeah, it kind of makes me wonder if maybe I should get back into Hearthstone because I haven't played for a really, really long time. So why would this make you not want to go back to Arena? Just because it's just more exciting or you just kind of got tired with uh, Arena? No, or? I mean, I, I still like, I've tried to play Arena again. But like playing Arena is, is Arena uses the standard cards, so all the cards in the standard year. And Arena is very limited by your hero powers, by what you can actually do. But uh, in duels, one particular character can have uh, two, uh, two or three hero powers. I think the third one is coming next year. So you can choose, like, do I want to do this build or this build? And then from that hero power, you can choose treasures. You can have three treasures, and each treasure does something different. So it's like one hero is divided into two paths, right, by your hero power. Mm -hmm. And from that hero power is divided into further uh, four paths by the treasure that you use. And from that treasure is divided into what cards you're going to use to make the deck. So it's just so varied and so exciting so that, I mean, as someone who's played Arena for the last four years, because I don't really play uh, ranked matches that often, but I did play Arena because... It felt more fair, more interesting, more fun. But this is just heads and tails above Arena. Oh, okay. Now, you said Arena's more fair. So would, would this be maybe for newer players, or should newer players play Arena first and then then add into duels? Um, I would duels? say this is... In Arena, you'll learn how to play Hearthstone. This is more of like, okay, if you've played Arena, you're like, I want to do something fun. This is the fun... Rela not really re uh, relaxing alternative to playing ranked mode playing battlegrounds playing arena okay interesting yeah 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 it is uh, something I'm, I'm still debating because i'd like to stream more of this but uh, i'm doing cyberpunk at the moment so that is a uh, ah, country <laughs> all right all right and that brings our episode to a close but before we go just a quick reminder to check us out on middle age gaming 2020 on twitch at middle age gaming on instagram gaming age on twitter middle age gaming 2020 on facebook and as always we'd love to hear from you directly by emailing us at middle age gaming 2020 at gmail.com yes and we're always looking for feedback on our contact a content as well as suggestions on where you'd like us to take new content so don't be shy give us a holler and with that we will bid you adieu until the next show. All right. Thank you for watching. Stay tuned to for after the show, as Adam mentioned, because we will be talking about our finalist, the game, the game for this year that you should probably buy on a Christmas sale and keep it around for 2021.